Catechesis with Pope Benedict XVI. The Desire for God Papa Benedict's Catechesis on Wednesday the 7th of November 2012 Dear brothers and sisters, the pathway of reflection that we are making together in this year of faith leads us to meditate today on a fascinating aspect of human and Christian experience. Man bears within himself a mysterious desire for God. In a very significant way, the Catechism of the Catholic Church opens precisely with this consideration. The desire for God is written in the heart of man, because man is created by God and for God, and God does not cease to attract man towards himself. And it is only in God that man will find the truth and happiness that he never ceases to seek. Such an affirmation, which still today in many cultural contexts appears totally easy to share, almost obvious, may instead seem a provocation in secularized Western culture. Many of our contemporaries could in fact object that they do not feel any such a desire for God. For large sectors of society, he is no longer the awaited one, the desired one, but rather a reality that leaves them indifferent, in front of whom one does not even need to make the effort to comment. In reality, what we have defined as desire for God has not entirely disappeared and presents itself still today, in many ways, in the heart of man. Human desire tends always to determined concrete goods, often far from spiritual, and nevertheless finds itself facing the question about what is truly the good, and thus is confronted with something that is other than itself, that man cannot construct, but is called to recognize. What can truly satisfy the desire of man? In my first encyclical, Deus Caritas Est, I sought to analyze how such dynamism is realized in the experience of human love, an experience which, in our age, is more easily perceived as a moment of ecstasy, where one comes out of oneself, as a place in which man feels overcome by a desire that surpasses him. Through love, man and woman experience in a new way, each thanks to the other, the grandeur and beauty of life and of the real. If that which I experience is not a simple illusion, if I truly want the good of the other as the way, likewise, for my own good, then I must be ready to decenter myself, to put myself at their service, all the way to renunciation of myself. The response to the question about the meaning of the experience of love thus passes through the purification and healing of the will, demanded by the good itself that one wants for the other. It has to be exercised, trained, also corrected, so that this good can truly be wanted. The initial ecstasy translates thus into a pilgrimage, a permanent exodus from the I enclosed in on itself, towards its liberation in the gift of oneself. And precisely thus, 
towards the finding of oneself, indeed towards the discovery of God. Along this pathway, man can progressively deepen his knowledge of the love which he had initially experienced, and the mystery that it represents will always take on more form. In effect, not even the person loved is capable of satisfying the desire that dwells in the human heart. On the contrary, the more authentic the love for the other is, the more it lets the question be opened about its origin and its destiny, about the possibility that it has of lasting forever. Thus, the human experience of love has within itself a dynamism which refers beyond itself. It is the experience of a good which leads to coming out of oneself and finding oneself in front of the mystery that envelops the whole of existence. Analogous considerations can also be made apropos other human experiences, such as friendship, the experience of beauty, the love for knowledge. Each good experienced by man tends towards the mystery that surrounds man himself. Each desire that presents itself to the human heart is the echo of a fundamental desire which is never fully satisfied. Undoubtedly, from such a deep desire, which also hides something enigmatic, one cannot arrive directly at faith. Ultimately, man knows well that which does not satisfy him, but cannot imagine or define that which would make him experience this happiness for which in his heart he bears a nostalgia. One cannot know God starting only from the desire of man. From this viewpoint, the mystery remains. Man is seeker of the absolute, a seeker with small and uncertain steps. And yet, the experience of the desire, of a restless heart, as St. Augustine called it, is already very significant. It attests to us that man is, deep down, a religious being, a beggar of God. We can say with the words of Pascal, man infinitely surpasses man. The eyes recognize objects when these are illuminated by the light, from whence the desire to know the light itself, which makes the things of the world shine, and with them enkindles the sense of beauty. We must thus think that it is possible, even in our age, apparently so refractory to the transcendent dimension, to open a pathway towards the authentic religious meaning of life, which shows how the gift of faith is not absurd, is not irrational. It would be of great use to this end to promote a sort of pedagogy of desire, both for the pathway of those who do not yet believe and for those who have already received the gift of faith a pedagogy that includes at least two aspects. In the first place, to learn or relearn the taste of the authentic joys of life. Not all satisfactions produce in us the same effect. Some leave a positive trace, are capable of pacifying the soul, render us more active and generous. Others, instead, after the initial light, seem to delude the expectations they had aroused, and sometimes leave behind them bitterness, dissatisfaction, or a sense of emptiness.
education from an early age to savour true joys in all areas of existence, family, friendship, solidarity with those who suffer, renunciation of one's own I, so as to serve the other, love for knowledge, for art, for the beauties of nature. All this means exercising interior taste and producing antibodies effective against the banalisation and flattening widespread today. Adults also need to rediscover these joys of desiring authentic realities by purifying themselves of the mediocrity in which they can find themselves entangled. It will then become easier to let drop or reject all that which, while apparently attractive, reveals itself instead to be insipid, the source of addiction and not of freedom. And it will make emerge this desire for God about which we are speaking. A second aspect that goes hand in hand with the preceding one is never to content oneself with that which has been achieved. Precisely the true joys are capable of liberating in us this healthy restlessness which leads us to be more demanding, to want a higher, deeper good, and at the same time to perceive with an ever greater clarity that nothing finite can fill our heart. Disarmed, we will learn thus to tend towards this good which we cannot build or procure with our own strength, and to not be discouraged by the difficulty or the obstacles that come from our sin. In this regard, we must not, however, forget that the dynamism of desire is always open to redemption. Even when it goes astray on wrong pathways, when it follows artificial paradises and seems to lose the capacity to yearn for the true good. Even in the abyss of sin is not extinguished in man this spark that allows him to recognize the true good, to savor it, and to thus start a root of ascent on which God, with the gift of his grace, is always there with his help. We all, moreover, need to travel a pathway of purification and healing of desire. We are pilgrims towards the celestial homeland, towards that full, eternal good that nothing can take away from us. Thus, it is not about suffocating the desire that is in the heart of man, but about liberating it so that it can reach its true height. When, in desire, the window is open towards God, this is already a sign of the presence of faith in the soul, faith that is a grace of God. St. Augustine affirms, With the weight, God enlarges our desire. With the desire, He enlarges our spirit, and by stretching it, renders it more capable. On this pilgrimage, we feel like brothers and sisters of all men, on the journey, companions also to those who do not believe, to those who are in search, to those who let themselves question with sincerity by the dynamism of their own desire for truth and the good. Let us pray in this year of faith that God may show his face to all those who seek him with a sincere heart. Thank you. Cradle 
zum Christum, Dominum Filium Dei. Natum ex pastre, Deum ex Deo, Natum ex pastre, Lumen ex Lumine. Iterum venturus est, cum gloria, cuius regni. 